podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Exclusive listening with 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. And the final score from Celtic Park tonight, Celtic 1, Aberdeen 0. A game that finished a bit nervier than it should have been, given the start that Celtic made in the early lead, but got the win in the end in the three points, which is the most important thing. This is Tino. Tonight I'm joined by Miff and by Kenny from the Celtic Exchange. Miff, we'll come to you first. What's your thoughts? Hi Tino, hi Kenny, hi listeners. Focus on the positives, which were we won and we kept a clean sheet. That's probably about it. When you come away from a game at Celtic Park and the defenders have had to defend very well and have probably been the, the men of the match. I think that tells you everything about the way that the game's gone. I was really just disappointed with the general performance. First half hour was really good. After that, we were so far off it, it wasn't real. You need to remember that this is a, a, a struggling and out of form Aberdeen side, which haven't scored in now six games and, and therefore haven't won, I think, in 10, I might be right in saying. Or 1-1 one, one one in 10. 1-1 one, yeah. one in 10. So, you know, it's not like we're up against a, f- a foreign team here it was it was fairly poor for, for the majority of the game I think it's more evidence to show that for whatever reason Neil Lennon cannot get a 90 minute performance out of that squad of players yeah. what do you think Kenny? Echo again what, what Miss said about just winning the game Garante, we've dropped 12 points at home this season so you're just glad to come away with that with the 3 points as Miff said the first 30 minutes we were looking, looking excellent pre-phone stuff and then the second half, well, you know, for a period of the first half as well, we, we we allowed them into the game. They had two good chances in the first half, and I'm, I'm going right at the dying end where they, they could have nicked it again. So positives, it's, it's, it's a win, but mm-hmm. there's not again lacking fluency. And also, I think that as well the the crushing reality that a five game win and run takes us 15 points behind Rangers. That's just the reality of the season hitting. You know, we've we've won five games in the bounce, but yeah. we're still an absolute mile behind. And a special mention to that Swine Camberry. He always plays well against us. Aye. If he, if only he could play against us every week, because he clearly doesn't play like that every other time. Well, he I, I think he thought he was still playing for his old club because he was playing for a penalty, wasn't he? When he was, he was. clipped that ball up into the to- a toe bash, well. a, to- a toe bash into the defender's arm. I bet he's a swine. He did look lively. Swine. He did look lively and threatening at times, but it's up to it's your job to nullify that. And I don't think we've done that well enough tonight. You get far too much space. Anyway, um, let's look at the lineup first of all. I was one of many uh, on Twitter pre-match saying how pleased I was with the lineup. Generally speaking, you could debate the goalkeeper scenario and whether we should be persevering with Bain I would or like Barkas. To. I would like to. Keep Bain? <laughs> no, no, I would like to just debate that point. Let's, we'll, let's, we'll do we'll second. let's do it in a second. Um, but out with the goalkeeper, we've gone with what I think is our best back four of John Joe Kenny, Stephen Welsh returning, Chris Iyer and Greg Taylor. Uh, Sorrow came back in for Brown, which was a bit of a surprise and actually one that I didn't think quite worked out and... We've seen that by the change. Uh, Callum McGregor continues and continues his poor form on the left-hand side of the diamond. Christie on the right. Dave Turnbull uh, at the peak of the diamond with Ayeti. A lot of comment on him tonight. And uh, Odds and Edward, of course. Uh, let's go at the goalie then, Miff. What do you think we should be doing there? What is the point in playing Bain? I just don't see any point to it. You can turn around and argue he's been the one that's been in for the, the five games. Granted, I'll, I'll take that point. But we've spent £5 million in Barkas. He's not going to get any better sitting watching Scott Bain. He should be on the part and given the rest of the season to play so that we can then make an informed decision and say, right, we've had a season, has he settled? Yes or no? And decide whether we get rid of him or not. Bain, Bain is Bain. He is a number two. And I mean that in the sense he's second choice keeper. I therefore think, why are we persevering with putting Bain in when we know the level of his ability? 
there's so many wee marginal things about what's going on at the club that just do not make sense and add up to me. What Neil Lennon often does, I mean, we've, we've seen it with Brown and, and various players, is that he'll play them until they make their big mistake. So Bain is in until he makes a clanger. And Aye. then they'll just start, you know, the, rolling the dice again and we'll see if it's Barkas or maybe Hazard comes back in. I've seen comments online, people praising Ben for his pass to McGregor, but it was a simple pass. You know, forward, I, I think they're clutching at straws trying to find some sort of praise from him and he was brave at the end as well, but you expect him to, you know, put his body in line there That's his as job. well. Yeah, I mean, he isn't the worst goalkeeper in the world. Surely our ambition must be to have a better goalkeeper than Scott Bain and also given the, what is a vast monetary investment for Celtic these days, you know, if you look at Barkas, five million, Kamala's coming off the bench, three and a half, as yet he's on the park, well, apparently on the park, five million. Then you look at that and you think, who's spending that money? Because tonight, the performances of those three players, Barkas isn't on the park. Kamala makes it on the park for, you know, what, five, ten minutes? Mm-hmm. As yet he's on the park. And let's be honest, I, I mean, sometimes it looks like he's got rigor mortis. He barely moves. And he's out, he's out in the wing, picking up the ball in the kind of right, mid, left, mid area. He's absolutely nowhere near the box. Now, it's fairly admirable he's holding off his guy, and a couple of times he did that well, in fairness, but he's just nowhere near. And you've seen a few times, Greg Taylor's pass selection can be criticised, but he's constantly needing to cut the ball back because none of our strikers like to make that run directly at the front post. What? Why is uh, Ayeti going into right and left midfield positions? Is that off his own steam, or is that has he been told to well, do that? Is well, it the shape? Aberdeen pressed is pretty high. So I don't know whether he just went with the flow of the pushed game and, and pushed it in because I did think in the first half it could be a game later on that get the best out of Klamala because they were leaving spaces, gaps but Ayeti absolutely was not capitalising on that at all. I think i seen one time where someone played the ball in behind for him and it was, too, it was overcooked. It's strange that him and both him and Edward looked desperate to get involved in the game mm-hmm. and just at, at the expense of not being in, in the bot and around the bot. And, and you wonder if there's a discipline at being a striker where, you know, the, when the chances aren't coming your way there's a temptation to come out and get involved and we've seen Edward do it time after time but should you not hold your position and be that centre forward who's in between the posts when it counts? Absolutely and I think that that's the issue that we have with our squad the balance of the squad is off because we have kind of semi strikers you know Griffiths because he's so good with his left peg likes to drop deep so that he can get shots away understand that Edward you kind of want involved in the build up play because he's got a bit of class he can drop the shoulder he can beat men he can find a pass I, I would point out one positive and glimmer although it's only going to be a fleeting glimmer is there's clearly a development in the relationship between Edward and Turnbull I on the so. park yeah. and you can see them looking for each other at every given opportunity because they know they're the two best players in the team yeah. and they've got the best chance of getting the ball back off the other one if they give it to them mm-hmm. unfortunately though that's probably going to end at the end of the season so you know there's wee things that you could probably work on and take forward and be positive about taking a step back looking at the game Kenny's right to point out it's not been great at home this season and the board like to have you believe that's purely down to COVID there's absolutely no doubt that the fans would make it very clear that performances of that nature tonight were not acceptable we have been saying that since September yep September, October anyway and nobody seems to be taking a blind bit of notice yeah and I don't think you're going to see any you know acknowledgement of that any time between now and the end of the season so I'd make your peace with that and, and, and bide in for the next nine I games. I refuse to. I'll continue to come on to this <laughs> podcast and moan. Now you've got a voice, if you can let it be heard. <laughs> um, out with Ayeti. Well, one thing on Ayeti. I, I did defend him at half-time. Now, I don't think he had a good game by any stretch. But I did defend him at half-time because I do believe it's his job to score goals and to be there to score goals and that the service was lacking. Um, so there is a defence there. However, taking everything into consideration, looking at his body language, Miff and I spoke about when he came off, hardly sweating a, you know, a bead. Looking a bit kind of, uh, you actually know, just not cold. interested. Actually, look cold. Mm. Just run about. 
So there's something there that, which isn't quite right with uh, Albion Ayeti and, and that remains to be seen whether he'll you know, prove to be a decent signing for us. The signs are at the moment that he won't, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, going back to defence, as I say, it would be my preferred back four from now to the end of the season. John, John Joe Kenny was fine tonight. He'd done his job, nothing spectacular. Wasn't getting forward as much as he has done in his first four games. Yeah, all of our good stuff came down the left. I actually thought Taylor might have been listening to us from last week because we told him to take the shackles off and it was, he was going out on the outside yep. um, a lot more. So as you say, Kenny wasn't in the game much and, and their chances actually came from down down their, their right, the one that Kimberry hit the post. That's right. And there was one that they fizzed across and there was no one there as yep. well. So, yep. But certainly all of our good stuff seemed to be coming down the left. I thought tonight Kenny and Taylor's selection of passes when they were in possession was, was fairly questionable. Taylor seems to be a real source of frustration to the Celtic support, but Kenny and Taylor both defend properly. And I think you've seen that in this five game winning run that they've been on that they offer they do offer an element of defensive solidity. I think what happens is when you've got the diamond shape in front, the performances will if, if you're not in complete control of the ball, the performances will be disjointed because if the defenders are back defending as they should and they're under a wee bit of pressure and they're wary of losing the ball, there are less options then for the midfielders when they pick the ball up. And I think that's things seem to kind of get crammed down the middle. If you add into that that Edward's not really got somebody to play off, I mean, how many times did Edward and Ajeti exchange passes? Did they, did they at all? Possibly none at all. Did they at check. all? That exacerbates that particular issue. Turnbull gets a pass for me and probably always will because he always looks for the ball. He always tries to make something happen. He's always willing to try something. And if you look at his contribution for he's been in the team, tonight was another example of that. He just looks to try and make something happen. Invariably, or very obviously, he should have scored in the second half as well. And he's our chance. He, he seems to kind of seem to be slightly behind him, and he was he was was almost like he was always kind of chasing the ball or, uh, when they come down and sit for him. And he's he's hot off the defender. But I thought I thought he should have buried that. But again, it just goes back to my point. You look at the difference he's made for he came into the team. But it took him so long to be introduced yeah. into the team, and it's those frustrations that are just now. Well, they're not just now because if you listen to me for the past <laughs> ten podcasts and match reactions, you're going to be saying pretty much more of the same thing. If this performance tonight against a poor Aberdeen side or a struggling Aberdeen side we should say I do think some of the signings they've brought in may turn out to be really good signings for them if that's as good a performance as the manager can get out that squad of players and what we all believe maybe keeper notwithstanding and Ajeti as our best team does that not worry? Yeah and as much as I said I was pleased with the lineup, and I was and I think it was the right lineup. and the circumstances when you look at it, when you take a step back and look at who our personnel are, are at the moment, it's not particularly pleasing, you know, given the, the importance of this season and how it's how it's come to be. One thing that, you know, was obviously a plus tonight was Stephen Wells slotting back in. Some gave him man of the match and, and potentially rightly so. Others gave it to Ayer. Just not having Duffy in there does make us more solid, fair to say. 100%. I, don't, I, I mean, that's a point moving on about. And, and again, what I don't want to be same point with Ayeti being, you don't want to be here just absolutely slating guys. We can, we can do that off, mate. They're, they're, they're Celtic players at the end of the day and regardless of what your opinion may be on a, on a poor performance or a string of poor performances, we want them to succeed. But with Duffy, that ship has absolutely sailed. Yeah, and we've got to be honest about it as well. There's no point papering over the cracks or, you know, Pravda and kidding ourselves on. Um, but yeah, we've, we've had to Jerry McCulloch. <laughs> but definitely a more solid unit when Welsh is there. We could also be accused of being hypercritical. We've gone... F- Five wins in a row, scored 13, conceded only one, so four clean sheets in there. What would your response be on that, Kenny? The performances are, are just there for all to see. 100%. That, that's it. Like, Couldn't agree more. You, you do are trying to find positives, and, and we are winning, but we're not winning with any kind of style whatsoever. We're winning 
individual pieces of brilliance. That goal from Tumble is a shot from 30 yards. Although it's, it was good to get quick counter-attacking football and McGregor's carried the ball up the park well, it's still taking a really good shot from distance for us to get yeah. the goal. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think if you, if you look at those those games, those five games, probably an hour of the St Mirren game is the best performance contained within one of those fixtures. Kelly kind of steamrolled over them. Motherwell, we gave them a goal at nothing. The Aberdeen game, we've really, really struggled. St Johnson, again, two moments of real quality and that were the two goals. The, just the level of performance is just, it's dropped off well, the well, It's not like we're peppering the goal. Ah, yes. You know, we look at that first 30 minutes and although we're seeing we're playing really well, how many chances did we really have in, in that in that gate, you know, in the 30 minutes or in the, the rest of the game? Yeah. A big so, accusation is that we cannot string a 90 minutes together and even though there have been flashes this season where you've got, you know, said that's a lot better, that's a decent half, that's a decent half hour, 20 minutes. We've not done it for anything more than an hour max, as you say, maybe an hour against St. Martin and that's about it. And that was a feature of Lennon's first reign as well. If you remember, even though domestically they weren't necessarily challenged that much after Rangers sadly went into liquidation. Um, the... There, there, there was times when you were going to watch and you just wanted to get a 90 minute performance although that was then put down to the fact there wasn't a great deal of pressure to produce those performances but what you've what you've seen now is it's just I'm at my wit's end to it all I, I really am you feel like you're repeating yourself on and on and on again nobody can really be watching this and saying we are playing well because we're not we're winning games which is great and had we won a few more you know, we might be right in the mix, mm-hmm. but we're not. The fact of the matter is, this is a, as a result, where we are is as a result of the types of performances we've produced tonight. Yeah. Speaking of being at your bit saying something I know that exasperates you, Kenny, uh, and rightfully so, I'd say, are the substitutions. So I'll tell you that the subs we made tonight and you can give us your take on that. So Rogic came on pretty early in the game, 62 minutes, I think, for the underperforming Ayeti. Bruni comes in in 72 minutes for Sorrow, then a double substitution where you take off your two main goal threats, Odson Edward and David Turnbull, and bring on the question mark that is Patrick Clamalla and Moyel Yunusi. What's your take, Kenny? Well, I'll come on to the subs, but you look at who's actually on the bench to begin with. Johnson drops out of the squad again. Yeah, I noted that. Forrest, who was, had been training, doesn't make the team. So you've actually you don't actually don't have an out and out winger in that full starting eleven or the bench. Out of twenty players, there's not one winger there. So if the diamond's not working, well, who have you got to come on and change the system? Tony well, Ralston. <laughs> that's So I had I was frustrated with who was on the bench to begin with. Then you you look at the subs. Ayeti off for 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 uh, Rogic, which. Believes us with five centre mids on the park. There's a question, the question marks over Klamala, but I, I, as I said at the, the start of the show, I thought it could have been a game where he could have potentially flourished in, but because of the, the space, they, they could have got been behind. Brown for Sorrow, I don't have as much of an issue with because I thought Brown came, came on and done well. We were defending in our box at that point, and he, and he won his headers, he and he won his challenges, and Sorrow was sort of labouring at times. And then with the, fi- the final sub was Klamala and Elianusi. Don't know if that was a game for Elianusi. It's very, very scrappy. I don't see it as a game for him coming. It, and it was in the 8th minute and I just thought, you know, the game was fizzling out and we could, you know, very feasibly conceded a late goal. And I just think, even if they were, I, I thought Eddie and T- Turnbull were fine tonight. They were okay. But even if they were having really poor games, they're the kind of guys where you think, do you know what, with 10 minutes to go, they've got a moment of magic in them. We'll keep them on because they could be the guys that make it 2-0 and, and well, make that, the that's difference. That's it. And, and you've got Christy left on who for me was had a, a poor game again. I think he took Three set pieces, one was a corner that was way overcooked, one was a free kick that he hit the wall, and one was a free kick that he never got by the first man. Yeah, so, so if you've got a strong opinion on that in terms of Christy for some reason pulling rank and taking these free kicks. Yes, I, I, what I, I noted, noted tonight was, so Turnbull scored his goal, Celtic got a free kick, Turnbull hit it, went over the bar, and it's almost like, right, okay, Christy's back on them. Yeah. Regardless of where the position is, 
Now, that to me, again, another small thing, well, it's not a small thing, let's be honest, it's something that should be agreed. There should be a structure there that says David Turnbull is on the free kicks, is on the corners. Mm -hmm. For some reason, Christy hit the the first corner. corner, And it was an outswinger as well when you've got Turnbull to put the ball in the box. Just loads of things like that. What are you doing? They they should even be things that you think about. As a group of players, you should know any free kick on that side of the goal. Turnbull takes that side Maybe Christy does take And swingers Christy on the right Blah 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 Even for, for free kicks Edward's there as well It's not like it's just Turnbull yeah. For mm-hmm. me Christy would be Some way down the order As to who was taking him Yeah I, I, see, I see it's a manager's job Or it's a captain's job To sort just, that out Just sort it out and, and show that there's. Are they watching How many times Christy puts the ball on the stand Or makes an absolute hash Of a, a set piece Well I think they are Because you've seen Griffiths and Kamala Actually laughing In uh, St Johnson game I, I don't know if you've seen that I, but no, I've seen The it, two of them were on the bench And they were laughing Because Christy Because he, he slipped and put it in No but what I mean is Are they actually watching In terms of Do they go back and review it How many times has he Failed to pass the first man Put the ball at the park All yeah. those things with, with Turnbull Even if we're not scoring For the set pieces There's danger in the balls That he's putting in the box He, he puts them in real areas do you know there was a wee tiny thing I suppose if you're we're talking about kind of fine margins Miff, there was a I think it was a free kick where Turnbull did take it and it, it went a bit high and handsome but he and Christy were both standing over it giving the goalkeeper a question mark as to who's going to be hitting yep. this one bit of a, a puzzler but then Callum McGregor steps across and actually stands in front of Christy and starts giving him some instruction if you remember and that just tells the goalie well Christy's not hitting it because Callum McGregor's currently in front of him or maybe he's just trying to stop Christy for hitting it <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, not hitting. <laughs> maybe he's trying to show his leadership skills Aye. and his captaincy but there is just wee things that we're not getting right and these are things that should be drilled and hammered into players you know they've got all that time at Lennox Town and that's when that message should come across it just seems a bit ad hoc and some of the players are making up as they go along and that that clearly points towards the coach he's not doing their job so anyway we've almost forgot that we did, did win tonight and, and we scored a very good goal through David Turnbull but yeah it just felt like so many of those games have felt like this season and you were just waiting for that late equaliser to take the wind out yourselves. Listen, those games are like gold dust if you're actually in the title race. Mm-hmm. But we're not. There is no excuse for us to be playing like we've got the handbrake on or we're weighed down by some sort of external pressure. We shouldn't be. The league's gone. We should be going out and trying to play some free-flowing attacking football. Now, I know that that's not always possible because the opposition make it difficult for you. But let's be under no illusion that Aberdeen team are struggling. They are struggling. They have shown no form whatsoever. At times, that was a 50-50 game tonight. Well, I think it speaks volumes that Ayer and Welsh were the two up for the man of the match. You know, they were playing at home against a struggling team and it's our defence that are the shining light of the game. So It it tells its own tale. So, um, as you mentioned at the top of the show, that now leaves us 15 points behind Rangers with all games being equal. So both played 29, Rangers on 79 points and Celtic are on 64. Next up on Sunday is Ross County and a 7.30 kickoff. strangely enough, so not sure I think it's to do with League Cup stuff or whatever, but Ross County is 7.30, they're rock bottom on 23 points. What do you expect from that? Or can you can you really predict what Celtic bring to the party at this moment in time? At Dingwall it is. It looks like another turgid 90 minutes that will need to sit and suffer, but the only hope is that we, you know, you're, you're just hoping against hope that we find a bit of fluency, find a bit of form, play some nice stuff and win the game. It's somewhere we've struggled to, to play well, historically. Dingwall uh, and obviously we still got the uh, cross county of the team that put us out of the League Cup so you've no idea what to expect from, from, from the team <laughs> to, to be honest yeah. um, and I think that's where we'll need to leave it for tonight so final scoreline uh, as discussed Celtic 1 Aberdeen now. next up Ross County on Sunday night we'll be back then to bring you all the instant match reaction
Social Podcast Network.